Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. Awesome to see. Once again, dads, this is your day, right? Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Stepdads, come on, if you're not a biological father, but you're a mentor, happy Father's Day. Come on, you don't just have to be a biological father to reach somebody, to to pour in somebody's life. In fact, we are all called to pour into other people's uh, lives, right? Uh, But dads, man, dads can be known for many things, whether good or bad, right? Uh, dads can be known uh, for many things, you know, some of them just have a special set of skills, right? And they're all different, you know, I feel like Liam Neeson sometimes I'm taking, I've got a special set of skills that I've built over a lifetime. Um, but some of you dads out there, maybe your dad or you have a dad, and maybe you're the, you're the girl master, right? I think we got a, a picture up there, uh, Tim, in one of the slides. Yeah, maybe you're a girl master. Um, now, I tried to find a picture of Roger, and you would think with all the chicken that Roger cooks throughout the year, there would be a picture somewhere out on Facebook that I could steal, I mean borrow, um, and, and, and show you guys, but I just I couldn't find them. Um, it's, it's all in our tummies, I guess, or, or somewhere else. Anyway. Um, but maybe you're the grill master. You can cook it up, you can throw the burgers up and down and cook that chicken. Brats and hot dogs, maybe you're getting some of that today, I don't know, but maybe you're known as the grill master. Maybe you've got a dad, or you are a dad, and you're just like this legendary fisherman. The, the tales of the fish that you've caught over the years is just, they're legendary. And I believe we got another, another one up there for that. Come on. Yes. The tales of your glories out on the water will go throughout the lifetimes. Ted, I believe you can fit in a lot of these categories. It's tough being good at everything, isn't it? Right? It's just tough, man. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> I couldn't really find anybody to fit all these, at least pictures on Facebook anyway. But uh, maybe you got a dad, or you are a dad, and you're just a funny guy. You're the funny guy, you're the fun guy. Like, when they talk about dad jokes, they're talking about you, right? You're just a fun, funny dad that people love. To be. You're a jokester, right? Maybe you've got a dad, or you are a dad, and you're Mr. Fix-It. Some duct tape, toothpick, some bubblegum, boom. You can fix anything, right? Like the carburetor on the, uh, on the lawnmower is held together with some duct tape and some Gorilla Glue, right? Um, and, and maybe you're just a Mr. Fix-It. That, man, I got, my father-in-law, he can, man, if I can't fix it, or I can't find it on YouTube, because I'm, I'm, I'm a graduate of YouTube University, call on anybody else, right? If I can't find it in there, or if I just don't want to fool with it, I can call my father-in-law because he's got all the tools in his garage and, and he's done it uh, at some point. And if he can't, and he doesn't have it, he'll figure it out. And so I, I've got one of those in my life. Maybe your dad, or you are a dad, and you're just you're the wise dad. You're full of wisdom, and you've got all kinds of of, of, of catchy sayings and slogans and things that you can just say right on the spur of the way. It just comes right off the top of your head. And my, my grandfather was that way growing up. We, we'd be out doing work in the yard. We'd be like, listen, like you're going too fast. You're going to get tired. You're going to wear out. How do you climb a mountain? And he would just like anything he could fit an analogy and he would, he would do. And, uh, and I, was, I was always thinking for that. But maybe you've got a dad or you are a dad. You're just, you're the wise dad. And, and some of the spouses in the room are like, I don't know about that, right? <laughs> Dads can be known for a lot of things. Again, whether good or not so good. What are you known for? Dad's in the room today. What, what are you known for? When, when the time is coming, I know we don't like to think about this, but when the end of your life here on this earth is done, what are you going to be known for? What are you going to be remembered for? What, what are they going to be saying about you? 
The same can be said for all of us, not just dads, moms, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, grandpa, grandma, male, female, young, old, anything in between. What are you going to be known for? What are you going to be remembered for? When people talk about you uh, years and years down the road, what are they going to be saying about you? Think about that for a minute. And as you begin to think about that, that gives us something to work towards. If we want to be remembered for, for something good, if we want to be remembered for, for this thing or that thing, like, that gives us something to work toward to make sure that that happens in our life. What legacy are you going to be living? Now, I know this message might be a Father's Day message, but I believe some of it can be uh, applied to any of our life today. What legacy are you going to leave behind? Dads, I'm going to say this strong for you. If you want to be honored well on Father's Day, live with honor every day. If you want to be honored well now and years to come, live with honor every day. That's, that's what I'm talking about. That's the legacy I'm talking about. And guess what? You're going to have to fight for that legacy. That's not just going to happen. That's going to take daily discipline. That's going to take you going after those goals and going after those things and seeing to it that you live a life worthy the calling that God has given you as a dad, as a man, as a woman, as a mom, as a and whatever, wherever you find yourself today, live a life worthy of that calling. You got to fight for it. So let's get in the fight. It's a title of the message today. Let's get in the fight. Get in the fight today, dads. You got a family that needs you to fight for them. Get in the fight. Get in the fight. Come on. We as a church, as a people, we need to stand up for truth in this world that we live in. So come on. We got to get in the fight. We can't just sit back and watch the world go. Many of us are just, oh, Jesus, just come quick. Lord, the world is gone. Jesus, just. No, we got work to do, church. We can't just hope that Jesus comes back and that's going to just fix everything. There's going to be people dying and going to hell. We got work to do. Now, yes, I want to go to heaven. Jesus is coming too, but man, we've got work to do. We need to get in the fight. We should be leading the way in culture. Get in the fight. We need to be who God is calling us to be. So get in the fight. And it's not a physical fight. I'm not talking about getting the gloves on, like literally, and let's go, let's go beat people into heaven. You know? It's not a physical fight. It's a spiritual one. We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. That's what the word tells us, right? And it's not a fight that you will have to fight on your own. Come on. It's a fight that God has and will equip you for. And he's going to fight with you. And he's going to fight for you. But you've got to show up. You've got to get in the fight. Now, there, there are many warriors and there's many battles that the Bible talks about. Um, all through God's word, right? And, and there's all these different things. And many of us, we know David. We know him as a great, uh, as a great king, as a great warrior. But he wasn't just one or the other of those. He was a great warrior king. We see him not just sitting on his royal throne, drinking from this goblet of gold and all these things with his crown and go fight my battles. I don't know how he talked back then, but that's what I think. Because you know, everybody has an English accent in all the movies that we watch about all the time. You know. But no, no, he was out there in the fight. He was a, he was a warrior king. And, and we know about many of these battles, especially the one with Goliath. I know we know this story, and we talk about it very often, but, but I feel like God showed me a couple of things in here that maybe we don't know when to talk about when we talk about this fight between David and Goliath. Uh, so if you have a Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to start in verse 1, and we're going we're gonna to bounce around through this. Now many of you know, if you've read, if you're a Bible scholar in the room, 
You know at this point, uh, Samuel, the prophet Samuel has gone uh, to the house of David to, to see his father Jesse. He was instructed by the Lord to go do that, to anoint the next king. So we know that the, all the brothers were lined up and, and, and Samuel went one by one and God's like, nope, 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 nope. Where's David? He's not here. You got another son? Yeah, he's out in the field. Bring him in. And boom, that's the one. Samuel anoints him, right? We, we, we know that story. But that's all leading up to this point. Has it been uh, named king yet? But has it been anointed by God? And then we hear happen in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, verse 1. Now the Philistines gathered forces for war and assembled at Sokka in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Demum. I didn't just cuss there. That's just what it says. Between Sokka and this. You can laugh. It's okay. Um, and saw the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elam and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Gath, uh, or excuse me, Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet in his head, on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let's fight each other. And on hearing the Philistine's words, check this out, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed terrified. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for your word. I pray that you speak to us today. Well, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us. Stir within us, God, to get in the fight, to not just sit back, to not just be pew warmers, to not be religious people who just come to church, but God, we actually go out and be the church as dads, as moms, as families, as young people, as older people, God. Who are you calling us to be today? What is the legacy, God, that you want us to live today? Father, speak to us in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Amen. Check this out. There is always going to be a giant around. You may have experienced it at times in your life. Two different struggles, two different things that you've been through. There's always going to be a giant around, making a lot of noise, acting all crazy and scary and shouting and there's always going to be some struggle around, right? We have to learn to see the fight and see God more. Jesus himself said what? In John 16, verse 33, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have what? Tell me. Trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Come on, you might as well give him some praise and some thanks today that he has overcome. And guess what? You can overcome today. That was a nice little golf clap, but come on.
try to escape the fight, right? Many of us are like Saul, and we're like the Israelites. We're like, uh-uh. I don't want to get in this fight. I don't want none of that. But it's the very thing that we're supposed to go through and allow God to move in us in that way. Maybe in your life now, at some point, you've been up against the ropes. You've been up, you, you've been up against the ropes in a challenge, and, and maybe you've just gotten hit over and over again. And, and, and you've been up against it, and there's been struggles, and there's been things that you've experienced, and you've just been in the corner, and you, you've, just been, you've just been taking it. Come on, today God wants to move. God wants you to overcome. God wants to see you through that thing. But maybe there's some things, and the, the fight has just seemed too big at times. The Bible tells us that Goliath was a champion. He was a champion. Obviously, we picture in our day and time with some kind of belt over his shoulder, talking a bunch of noise. You see the promos, and you see them in the fight, and they got all these weird fights that are happening now, because I guess no one's watching normal UFC or boxing. Now it's all these YouTubers and famous people that are fighting to make lots of money. And we, uh, you know, gullibly give into that and spend money on the pay-per-view just to see this stupid stuff play out, right? But I imagine, you know, in the theater of my mind, I imagine just Goliath throwing the championship belt over and then, you know, Hulk Hogan style. What you gonna do, brother? You know, like, that's what he's doing. You got, you got that side, the, the Philistines are over there, the Israelites are lined up over here, and it's like the guy's like, let's get ready to rumble. But the Israelites aren't moving. Uh, shaking in their boots or sandals or whatever they were. I don't remember that. You go, you go on a fight? I'm not going to fight this guy. Right? Goliath was a champion. He was big. He was a warrior. He had been a warrior. He, he knew, like, that killing was his business, and business was good. This is what he did. This is who this guy was. He was this big, nasty, hairy, scary. I don't know if he was hairy or not, but that's just what I think in my mind. And he talked a lot of trash, man. He was a smack talker. He's like, come on, send somebody out here. I'm going to destroy you. Right? And King Saul and the Israelite army were scared. No one wanted to step up and fight. In your life, you might have some fights. You might have some struggles. You might have a giant that seems way too big to handle. And it might seem loud. And it might seem big. And it might seem scary. And, and it could be things like maybe it's a secret sin that no one knows about. But it's something that you've been secretly struggling with. And you just can't seem to get over it in your life. Maybe it's something like, like low self-esteem. It's like little Billy's dad down the road. He's like the perfect dad. He goes to all the games. And he's out in the backyard playing catch. And, and he's doing or maybe it's the other guy down the street, and he's just got it all together. He's got a nice house, a boat and driveway, a big Silverado, and uh, he just seems to have it all together. I'm, I'm working two jobs overtime trying to make ends meet. I don't, I don't have a boat. I don't mean me literally. I'm just speaking to these people. But I don't have a boat, just because you You want to bless me at Swatterstone? Come on, I feel the Lord in that person. Let me stop. Man, maybe, maybe it's some kind of show. It's low self-esteem. Maybe you don't feel smart enough. Maybe you feel like you don't measure up to, to some other dad. Or maybe it's you ladies. Maybe you feel like you don't measure up to, to someone else. We got this social media thing where everybody puts out all the perfect pictures with all the right filters and everything. And some of them, their life just seems so perfect. But in the background, everybody's yelling and screaming at each other, right? right. We, we oftentimes don't compare ourselves so often. Man, woman. Kids, adults, all of us, we, we, maybe that's a 
struggle. Maybe that's a giant in your life. Maybe it's a bad doctor's report. Some kind of sickness or illness. Maybe it's a bad family life. Maybe, maybe you did grow up and, and maybe God wasn't present. And so that's a struggle that you continue to, to fight. Maybe it's the loss of a job. Right? It could be a number of different things that we can insert here that you struggle with and that you fight with. And it's a giant and it seems too big and it seems too scary. And it's like, I don't know if I can face this. I don't know if I can get through this. I don't want any part of it. You may have tried to get over these things, but it's just been overwhelming. And you try to fight and you feel like literally you've been back to the corner, right? You're in the corner. And you're up against the ropes. And you thought you're just taking the blow. You're just taking the hit. You're just trying to make it to the end of the round. You're trying to wait for that bell to ring. You're waiting for someone to come here and throw in the towel. Maybe you yourself today, maybe you want to throw in the towel. Come on, don't give up. Don't quit. It's worth fighting for. It's worth getting in the fight. Maybe you just need a second win. Maybe you just need some encouragement. Maybe you need someone in your corner today that's just going to come along and champion you and say, come on, man, get in there and fight this thing hard. We serve a God that is in your corner. Whether you see it or not, we serve a God that's going to be right there with you every step of the way. Come on, you can do it. You can fight. You can get through this. Take heart. You can have peace. Take heart. Come on, I've overcome the world. That's the God that we serve. So you can see the fight. We've got to learn to see God more. We've got to learn to see God is bigger than any giant. God is bigger than any struggle. God is bigger than anything that we will ever face and experience. In this life. And it's in that that we can have peace. It's in that that we can have strength. So see the fire. But see God more. Maybe today you just need to be reminded of how big our God is. Maybe today you need to be reminded of how good our God is. Don't be like the Israelites. Don't be like King Saul. Scared to get in the fight. Come on. Get in the fight. Don't give up. Don't throw that towel in. Come on. Maybe that, that, that needs to be fought by getting on your knees. Maybe this is a moment you say, you know what? I, I just got to get on my knees and I got to pray. I got to pray this thing through. I got to fight this thing. Maybe it's a matter of praising through your problems. Maybe it's time to just, just, just start thanking God. I'm going through it. God, I'm taking the hits. But God, I know you're going to see me through. So I'm going to thank you right now. Instead of complaining, why, why am I going through this? Why don't you start lifting up some thanksgiving and some praise? Because God is going to see you through and you're going to come out stronger on the other side. You're going to have a testimony on the other side. You're going to be able to, to, to tell other people, hey, listen, I was fighting, I was getting hit, and I was struggling, but guess what? May God see me through. He got me through this, and guess what? He can get you through this as well. Jesus said, cast your cares upon him. Cast your cares upon him. Come on, give that thing to him today. By the end of this service, maybe you're dealing with it. Maybe you're dealing with a giant struggle. By the end of this service, won't you cast that thing? To him. Give it to Jesus today. But maybe you're hearing that, that, that opponent, that giant, that struggle. Maybe it just seems too big and too invincible. And you're, you're, you're backed in the corner today. And maybe you're, you're just looking across the ring. And you're seeing that opponent. And he's getting ready. He's getting ready. And, and, and you see that look in his eye like, oh my goodness. He, he, this, dude, this thing's about to rip me apart. And maybe, maybe you're, you're, you're staring this thing down and you're looking at it and you're arguing in your mind, you're, you're sounding like defeat, right? Come on, look at that thing in, in the eye. Look at this thing and say, you know what? You might be big, you might be scary, but my God, he's greater. Come on. Verse 24, the Israelites are scared and no one wanted to fight the life. 
They feared for their lives so much so that all they saw was this giant, this big problem, and they don't even see God at all. They don't build an altar. They don't do a sacrifice. They don't, there's no, the worshipers, the, the, they usually send out the worship team out ahead. If you read throughout many of the battles in the Old Testament, they send the worship team out ahead of everybody, right? They didn't do none of that. They were so scared. Nobody wanted to fight them. Not even King Saul. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you're like, you know what? Man, this thing, I didn't sign up for this. Maybe being a parent has been a struggle. Guess what? It is sometimes. Ain't no hood like parenthood. <laughs> and maybe you've struggled through being a parent. And maybe you've said it a time or two, maybe not out loud, but in your head, you're like, I did not sign up for this. But you did it. And God will see you through. God will help you. He will give you the strength. Don't give up. Don't give up now. Maybe you thought, man, I, you know, this thing is going to kill me. I am not going out like this. Maybe so many times we tried to escape that very thing that we're supposed to go through. You maybe think that I don't have time to deal with this mess. I, I, got, I got other things to do. So we sweep it on the rug, or we avoid it all together. Maybe we just think, you know what, this is just not, it's not worth it. But it is. Your family is worth it. Your family is worth the fight. Guess what? Your life, the plan that God has for you is worth it. Guess what? Your neighbors are worth it. Guess what? It's worth it. Don't give up. Get in the fight. On the movie Braveheart, the story of William Wallace and then going up against the English armies. And there's the one scene where you got the, uh, very similar to the, the scene with, with the Philistines here. You got one army and the English army's on that side. And, and, and then you got, you got William Wallace and their army's on the other side. They're all painted up and they got the kilts and everything, you know. And one guy's like, no, we got to run. Because if we run, we're going to live. And I love this, this line. It says, fight and you may die. Run and you'll leave, live at least a little while. Right? This could be your chance. So what, what if we win? What if we fight today and we win and we get our freedom, right? Get in the fight. Don't run from it. Listen, we can't escape our problems and responsibilities by running from them. We're only going to prolong the inevitable. We got to get in the fight. And the Israelite army and King Saul, they saw too much of their opponent. And no God. Maybe today, again, you need to be reminded about how big God is. You need to remember that He is a miracle-working God. You need to remember that He is a way-maker. We don't just sing songs about it. That's who He is. Come on, you need to be reminded He's a sea-splitting God. That He's a God who gets in the fire with you. That He's a God that shuts the mouths of lions. He's a death-defeating God. Remember who it is that we serve, how big our God is. What seems hard, maybe for a short time, could be freedom for much longer. Come on, I, I've used this illustration before, but maybe some of you haven't heard of it. You, you need to be a buffalo and not a cow. When a storm comes, a herd of cattle, they run away from a storm. Y'all know cattle, they're slow. We got them out here in the yard. Like, they're slow. The storm is going to catch up to them, and it's going to go right along with them, and they're going to be in the storm much longer than what they should but a herd of buffalo, they run into the storm so that the storm passes through them. And they're in the storm much less. Right? We've got to learn to not just want to ignore what's going on in our life and sweep this under a rug or, or let's just put the giant in the closet and lock the door. Maybe it won't bother us anymore, right? We're trying to escape some of the things that maybe we're supposed to go through. And then we 
forget we don't have to fight that alone, man. God is for us. He is with us. He fights our battles. Amen? Get in the fight. Don't just sit there and get hit. Get out of the corner. Get up the ropes. Even if you get knocked down, get back up, man. Get back on your knees and pray. Get back in and, and worship God. Get back in church on a consistent, regular basis. Amen. Yeah, yeah, church, you know, you don't have to, to, to go to church to be saved, but I believe it'll keep you saved. Amen. Come on. Get in the fight. God has your back. He will help you. You don't have to face it alone. God's in your corner. Come on, Jesus didn't go through all that he went through on that cross. Just so that you can fall and stay out of it. He came to pick you up. See the fight, but see God more. And when you learn to do that, when you learn to see God more, you realize that you can have victory. Come on, you can have victory. In verse 26, David saw the giant, but he saw God more. He saw this guy up there running his mouth. He saw this guy out there defying the God that he served, and not just any God, but the one true God. He saw this guy up there disrespecting their people, and he's like, who's going to do something about this? You can read ahead. We didn't read this part. He's like, who's going to come up and fight this guy? No one wanted to do it. So David says, all right, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. Something rose up inside of him. And that same thing happens when we... When we learn to see things through God's eyes, and we learn to follow Him and give our whole heart to Him, and, and so things rise up in us when we see injustice, or when we see things in the world that aren't right, or maybe you see things in your family, and maybe you're like, hey, listen, in the Joiner house, this is what we do, right? In the Hoffman house, this is how we act, right? As for me at my house, we're going to do what? We're going to serve the Lord. And, and so you might see things maybe in your home, or maybe in the world around you, or maybe even in your school or somewhere else, you're like, hold up, that's not right. There's something that rises up in you, and it's like, hold up, somebody needs to do something about it. And oftentimes we stop right there, and it's like, oh, somebody needs to do something about this, oh, we'll complain about it, we'll post about it on Facebook, but maybe you're the one that's supposed to step up and do something about it. Well, I see so many people talking about, we want revival, we want, okay, well, what are you doing? Huh? Where are, you, are, you, are you praying more? Are you worshiping more? Come on, is revival happening in your home? Because guess what? If it's not happening in your home, it's not going to happen here in the house of God. Come on. Get in the fight. Something rose up in David. For far too long, we just stood back and not done anything. Dads, parents, don't just sit back and let your marriage go stale. Do something about it. Come on. Don't let your kids go and just follow along with the rest of the world and what they're doing. Hey, we, we have this struggle with our son. Sometimes he wants to watch things and he's like, Dad, I want to watch all the adventure movies. I'm like, son, some of those things, like you're a little prone to violence and, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to encourage that. And some of them are a little more extreme. So I'm like, listen, bud, well, everybody in my school has seen Endgame and I don't understand. I can't watch. I'm like, I'm not that parent. I'm your parent, son. And sometimes we got to take that stand. Come on, you're, you're not your kid's friend. You're, you're their parent. They're not going to like it sometimes, but it's for them. Oh, good. Don't let your kids go. Daughter comes home wearing something. You got it. Yeah, I heard that. You already know. Don't sit back and just watch everything going on else in this room. Don't just sit back and watch everything going on in church and then we, we complain about the church this and you know. You are the church. Don't complain about yourself. Right? 
like the Israelites. Don't be like King Saul. David ran to the giant. They tried to stop him. His brothers complained. His brothers like, oh, you're just, you're just arrogant. You're just trying to stick your nose and something like that. What are you doing, God? You're sitting here not doing anything about it. David ran to the giant. David was fearless. What stirred in him was when Goliath was defying the nation of Israel and the God that they served. David's passion and his honor for God is what drove him, and that should be what drives us. Is a desire for God and the things of God. A desire to please God and not just please man. Or ourselves for that matter. Come on, you would fight for your family's honor. Somebody was talking about your mama. Somebody was messing with your kids. Come on, mama bears in the room. Come on, dad, you know. Don't you mess with my kid. When it comes to spiritual things, when it comes to God, when it comes to the church... Silent and get afraid of offending people. Come on, we got to get in the fight. Fight for your family's honor. Fight for God's honor. David saw this as an opportunity for God to show off. Oh, you want to defy my God? Let me show you who he really is. David never feared or thought of defeat. It never crossed his mind. It never came out of his mouth. If you accept defeat, guess what? That's what you're going to get. You might as well just lay down there and not get back up again. Get in the fight. You have a destiny. You have a plan. God has a purpose for you. This world needs you. The people around you, they're counting on you. Your family needs you in the fight. Today, get in the fight. Fight for your own life. And know that you can win if you see the fight. But see God more. We've got to be more focused on God than our problems at hand. So you guess what? We can't go without reading our Bible. That's how we see God more. We know who he is. We know what his word says. You can't go without spending time with God. You can't go without going to church. Put him first in your life. Don't let it just be something else in the schedule of things that you have for the week. Come on. Less of you. More of God. Cut out those things. If there's something you are struggling with, cut it out of your life. You know what tempts you. Stay away from it. Get closer to God. David was known as a man after God's own heart. His character at that time, I know he struggled later on in his life, but at that time he was known as a man after God's own heart. See the fight, but see God more. My, my son, he just finished the soccer season not too long ago, and now we got him in football, which is kind of cool. We'll see. Y'all know he's nine years old and he's this little guy. Man, he's a fighter. He's out there running with them. They're conditioning. I didn't know, like, nine-year-olds, they conditioned all summer. Like, I didn't know it was a thing. They're conditioning. I'm like, what are they, bucks or something? Conditioning? Yeah, spring training and camp. I'm like, what is this? It's a new world to us. But he's out there. He's fighting. He's scrapping. And, and there's so many times where I've told him, listen, don't be out there goofing off. <laughs> right? John, John, John's there with us. This kid's out there, too. Like, don't be out there goofing off. You're out there screwing around with these other kids and, and doing things. I'm like, no, you, you got to. He's like, well. Dad, I'll, I'll show up in the game. Like, I don't know what to do in the game. I'm like, no, because I've always been told, listen, you perform like you practice. That's with anything, right? Perform like you practice. So spiritually speaking, guess what? And I'm going somewhere with this. Like your, your public worship reflects your private worship, right? The way you act reflects the person that you really are on the inside. The way that you treat people shows what the condition of your heart really is. 
The way you respond in a situation, it shows what you really believe. Listen, someone's always watching. Someone's always watching. And dads, guess what? Your kids are really watching. Your kids are really watching. If a boxer, if he doesn't work on his technique and he's not in the gym and he's not doing all the moves, right? And he's not, not hitting a little, little deal there. He's, he's not practicing on his form. And he, he's not getting in the work, right? He's not sparring and, and getting that technique and that building that endurance, man. And he doesn't have that eye of the tiger. When he gets in the ring, he's going to get knocked out. And the same is for us in our lives. So it's daily disciplines, those daily routines. It's the things that are done behind closed doors. Before David fought Goliath or, or any other battles for that matter. Before he was known as a great king, he was known as a man after God's own heart. And that didn't just happen. That was cultivated as he was shepherding sheep out in the field. It was cultivated. We know him as a skilled musician. We see him playing for Saul. And Saul's evil spirits would, would go away. He was a skilled musician. That doesn't just happen. There was an anointing that was there. That doesn't just happen. A lifestyle of worship doesn't just happen. He was known as a man after God's heart. It was when no one else was there looking or even knew about him. And he was developing that character. He was developing those things inside of him. What he didn't know is that he was cultivating his public ministry in private. And the same is for us. Now, what I want to do for the next little bit that we're together is I want to look. When, when David enters into this whole scene, right? Because he didn't, he didn't just show up, just happenstance, he's riding his bike down the road. Oh, there's a fight going on. Let me see. Yeah. There, there was a reason he was there in the first place, right? So I'm going to show you a couple different things, and this is how I believe we can get in the fight today. Whether you're a mom, whether you're a dad, whether it's your life, whether it's the church, right? This is how we can get in the fight, right? Let's go to verse 12. We see where David shows up. On the scene. We talked about how Goliath was making all this noise, this big guy, he was challenging everyone. And in verse 12, it says, Now David was the son of an Ephrathite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was very old. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul to the war. The first was Eliab, the second, Abinadad, and the third was Shammah. If we ever have a kid again, we're naming him Shammah. <laughs> Sorry. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistine came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Take along these ten cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. There was Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah fighting against the Philistines. So early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd, loaded up and set out as Jesse had directed. He reached the camp as the army was going out to its battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawing up their lines, facing each other. David left his things with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion, Gath stepped out from the lines and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. Whenever the Israelites saw the man, they all fled from him in great fear. David was here in the first place because he was there to serve his brothers. He was there to serve his brothers 
in obedience to serving his father. You want to get in the fight, dads. You want to get in the fight, church. You want to get in the fight, whoever you are today. Guess what? We need to learn to serve. You want to get in the fight, get in the fight by serving. David served his brothers by being obedient to his father. We are obedient to our heavenly father by serving one another. You want to sum up the commandments? Love God and love others. How do we love others? We serve them. How do we love God? We serve Him. Get in the fight today by serving. Come on, you've been blessed with your family. Don't no, just complain about it. Far too often we fight with our family instead of fighting for our family. Come on, get in the fight and serve others. Whether that's your family, whether that's your neighbor, whether that's a coworker, a friend, somebody. Who are you serving? Listen, Jesus didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And that's a model for us. We're called to be servants. Servants of God. Servants of each other. We don't like that word. We get selfish with that word. We're called to be servants. So how do we do that? We serve with our words. We've recently been through a study in the book of James. We're going to finish that up next week. But we talk about the power of our words. There's what? There's the power of death and life in, in our words. We can bless or curse with the same tongue, right? So how are we using our words? We need to learn to serve people uh, with our words. The words you speak to anybody can either build them up or tear them down, but especially your kids, dads. How you speak to your children is important. Think about all the things maybe you said to your sons and daughters this week, dads or moms. How have you spoken to your kids this week? Were they instructive words? Were they encouraging how many of those empowering words started with, hey, you know dad loves you. Hey, you know dad loves you, but you got to do better. Hey, you, you know dad loves you, but we're going to have to change some things around here. You know dad loves you, and you're awesome. Right? How many, how many conversations, whether it's been uh, criticism or instruction or just simply encouragement, how many of them started, hey, daddy loves you? Come on, use your words the right way, dads, moms, all of us. We can use our words to serve others with. You can serve others by modeling the person that you want others to be. Especially your kids, dads. Serve them by modeling the person you want your kids to become. Uh, values are often taught, but I believe values are more caught than they're taught. Values are more caught than like, like you are modeling for your kids. You're, you're your kid's first sphere of influence. You know that, right? Before they ever go out into the world, before they ever go to school or anywhere else, you are, you are their first line of influence. It shouldn't be YouTube, shouldn't be Google, shouldn't be their friends, it should be you. First line of influence. And values are not just taught, but they're caught. Children often pick up character values more from what they see us do from what they. Now, I grew up in a generation where I was told, don't do as I do, do as I say. And maybe some of you have been in that same boat. I don't really know if that's the best advice. Model, your kids are sponges, man. If you got younger ones, your kids are sponges. They're, they're watching you and how you react. They're watching you, Dad, and you take the hammer and it misses the nail and it nails your thumb. And you want to they're watching how you respond when you're arguing with your spouse. They're watching you how you treat people. I remember the one movie, uh, Christmas Story. You remember the little Ralphie? 
the, the BB gun, right? And there's the one famous scene where he's helping his dad with the flat tire, and he slips up and says, oh, fudge, right? But he didn't say fudge. And he goes home, and his mom's making, washes his mouth out with soap. It's really terrible. I've had that done before, believe it or not. And, so also, and mom's like, where did you hear that word from? And, and he's like, oh my gosh, I, my dad, like a million times. But, but I was, and he yells out one of his friends' names. She goes, stops over in the room, gets on the phone, and calls the kid's mom. And is like, do you know where he heard this word from? And the mom's like, yeah, it's probably from his dad. And she's like, no, it's from your son, right? They're watching you. Values aren't just taught, they're, they're caught. Children are always watching you. I, I, I try to always find teachable moments with my kids, and I've probably preached lots of sermons to them through the years, but the best sermon that's going to have the greatest impact are the ones that you're going to live out in front of them. You are a walking, talking, living sermon illustration to your kids. Our children learn by imitating us. We also serve uh, by showing our kids how to spend time with God. Not just our kids, anybody. We serve them by showing them how to spend time with God. Man, I love there's a song, um, there, there's a, a newer uh, worship group out, and uh, there's this song called Talking to Jesus. And, it, and it's kind of telling the story. It's not really a worship song per se. It's just telling the story. And this guy's talking about being in his room, and he's sitting down praying, and, and his kid walks in, his kid's like, oh, sorry, Dad, I didn't mean to enter. And he's like, no, you came in at the right time because I'm just talking to Jesus. Let me show you how it's done. Right? Come on, one way you can serve your family, your kids, is by spending time with God and showing them how to do that. You might teach your kid how to fish. You might teach your kid how to throw a ball. But most importantly, you need to teach your kids how to love God and to serve Him. Bring them to church. Open your Bible at home. Let them see you pray. Serve them by showing them how to spend time with God. Serve them by loving your wife in front of your kids. Like model the right things. Like we, we show affection, like PDA, it's all over the place. I don't care. Because I waited a long time for that PDA. And I'm just saying. And the kids are always like, ooh, gross. Like they need to see that. They need to show you. How many people we may know that their kids don't see that kind of stuff? They, they see a lot of yelling and fighting and screaming. Maybe that's your family today. No judgment. We just need to work on it. Let, let them see that. Let them, let them model the right things. Let them see you show affection and say, I love you. Come on, Dad. You are modeling what a husband should be to your son. Right? You are modeling the kind of man you want your daughter, or at least you should want your daughter to marry. Show them how to love your spouse. Get in the fight and serve. Also get in the fight and show up. David showed up to the fight. He wasn't, he wasn't even really probably supposed to be there, but he was there. And he's like, no one's going to fight this guy. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'll do it. He was probably a kid at that time. Maybe a teenager, young adult. He's like, give me a sword. Give me some. I'm going to get in this fight. You don't want to fight him. Somebody's got to fight this guy. And he showed up. Listen, you need to show up for your family spiritually. You need to show up for your family physically and be there. Show up relationally for your family. Listen, fights aren't one sitting in the locker room. Fights are one in the ring, right? Fights are, are, are not one in the man cave. Fights aren't one in the recliner. I'm losing some of you right here. I get it. Fights aren't one at par. Fights aren't one out in the woods or on the boat. I just lost the rest of you there. Fights aren't one at someone else's house 
or someone else's bed. Show up. If anything you can do, Dad, show up. We need some dad. We need some men in this culture and society to, to show up. We need some men of God to show up. I've always learned that wherever you are, be all there. Show up to work. Give it your all. I know some days you don't want to be there. I get it. Show up anyway. Give it your all. Do it as unto the Lord. When you're at home, be all there. Not on the phone. Not doing something else. Be all there. Spend time with your family, your kids. Show up. Show up for your family spiritually. Let them see and hear you pray. You're modeling that for them. Let them see you read your Bible and teach them how, how to read it. Deuteronomy 11, 18 through 19 says, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. It's a legacy. Like we're supposed to pass the baton on to the next generation, whether you're a biological parent or not. Take your family to church. And when you go, be consistent and be involved. If you value it now, they'll value it later. Even if they run away for a little bit. Come on, what's your legacy? How do you want to be remembered? Show up. Show up and get in the fight. David stepped up. Everyone else was scared. And he showed up. David showed up to serve. He showed up, got in the fight. And the last thing is this, and worship team, you guys can come up. Is that David showed up and sacrificed himself. You might need to get in the fight, and getting in the fight may require some sacrifice in your life for your family. David gave himself up to fight for God. He probably should have been destroyed. On paper, the cards didn't line up. Right? You, ever, you ever see a fight and they're lining the guys up, their, their, their wingspan, their reach, their height, their weight, their age, how many knockouts they have, how many wins, how many losses. Like, like the, the, the cards didn't line up with these two guys. David should have gotten destroyed. But guess what? He knew what he was fighting for. And it was worth it. To fight for God's honor. To fight for his people. Guess what? Your family's worth it. The plan of purpose that God has for your life, it, it's worth, it might take some sacrifice. It might take you working a little overtime, maybe a second job. It, it may take giving up some things that you really want. It may take giving up maybe that new truck because Johnny needs braces. Or you're going to start saving up for college. It's going to take some sacrifice at times. It might mean changing your plans so that you can be at your kids' games. It might mean giving up sleep and sacrificing some rest. It might uh, take getting up early in the morning and interceding and praying for your family and even for yourself. It might sacrifice some things. It may take when you get home tired after a long day to not go home and just plop down in the lazy boy, but to go spend time with your kids or maybe do the dishes for your wife. Ladies, you're going to go home and that's the only thing you're going to remember. Pastor said you need to do the dishes. But you should sometimes. It's going to take you laying down your life and giving it to God so that you can be all that he has called you to be, so that you can be the dad he wants you to be, so you can be the husband that he wants you to be, so you can be the man he wants you to be, so that you can be the mom and the wife, the woman he wants you to be, so you can be the young person that God is calling you to be, the college student that he's calling you to be, the person he's calling you. It's going to require us to lay down our life. 
lay down our self. Say, God, whatever you want to do. I've been fighting. I've been in this ring. I've been getting hit. I've been in this corner for far too long. I need a fresh wind. Come on, anybody in this room, you need a fresh wind today? God, God, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm on the roads. I can't do this on my own. I'm ready to quit. Hey, thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.